Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Lady drinking tea. <laughs> with her pinky up. Yes. <laughs> As I drink my tea. But not with my pinky up. I mean, I have my boss lady coffee mug right now. Although my coffee is very cold. Yeah, my tea is pretty cold. But anyway, yeah. how's your week? It's good. It's good. I'm trying to catch up on things like Oh my God. I can't, I don't even, I don't even know, dude. Like there's so much stuff to catch up on. I saw this thing and I'm, I'm pretty sure Liz posted it. And I I know exactly what you're about to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And it said like where she, she commented on it saying like, I'm calling out myself or something like that. And it said, uh, what did it say? It said, uh, take on another project. Like, yes. Do you have time? Do you have time? Like, yes or no? And it was like, no. Okay, don't take on the other project. And then yes. yes. No, don't you take don't. On. <laughs> yeah. Don't take it on. Yeah. Um, I felt I felt very much called out on that. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, we both have such a backlog of things. Holy crap. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm so behind on all the things that I need to do. Procrastination is real and... I don't know, but see, it's such a catch 22. Cause I complain and bitch and moan and all this stuff. Whenever I don't have a lot to do, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And and then when I finally have all this stuff that I want to do oh. and accomplish, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm drowning. <laughs> like, oh my there's God. zero in between. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so true. Oh my God. So true zero in between I mean like it's just like so I just got back from VMX so that was four days of just stuff um learning I did learn a lot um Tasha McNerney is a fantastic lecturer yeah fantastic I went to her like local block one and I was like yes nice was it uh just a lecture or was it a lab too it was a lecture nice nice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't I can't imagine doing a lab would be very easy for that no, I mean, I guess like, if you had like the the head models, you could do some of those. But I mean, I'm sure she was probably doing more than just like the head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, she was. A lot I of it was in the head, but still. Yeah, but <sighs> it was good. It was it was a good conference. I was happy to like get back into a conference again. Yeah, I'm so freaking jealous. <laughs> I know, and then I get to go to another one next month. I know. I know. So. Jerk. Love you, but you're a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I'm doing, uh, I just, one of the things keeping me busy, busy this week um, is I have a, a I guess it's a, co- yeah, it's a conference uh, for the San Diego Veterinary Medical Association or Veterinary Medical. Yeah. Association. Yeah. It's really cool because one of our listeners, uh, and, and I'm, and I apologize if I am saying your name wrong. Um, it's, I think it's Erica, but it could be Erica. 
because it's spelled with an A instead of an E. Um, she reached out to me to see if I would do the lecture um, for their, their kind of their spring conference. And I was very excited that she, she asked me to. Um, so I'm going to do that, but I'm doing uh, six lectures. <laughs> And then, so I had to get like all the proceedings and, and stuff done for, for this week. Um, it's in April. So if anybody's down in San Diego or close to San Diego and wants to go, I'm sure there's probably tickets still available. Um, if you're part of the, uh, association down there, which is really cool. Like, I think that's, that's pretty awesome that a local association is putting yeah. on a conference like that. I mean, that's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, super cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, I know it's hard cause you and I have kind of talked about like different, like state associations versus, you know, local stuff. And it's hard when most of them are run by volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, all of us with all of our spare time. Um, but yeah, if you guys, you know, want to shout out your associations, definitely shout them out on, um, in our group. Cause you never know. There could be somebody local that you can meet up with. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that kept me busy and just other, other life stuff as usual, you know, kind of like you life stuff. Norm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had to rearrange. Well, our chickens were starting to um, wander a little far into the neighbor's yards and like getting in their gardens and stuff. Oh no. So we had to build a fence and now the chickens are contained and they're not very happy about it. Like, they were laying eggs like everywhere they were like like because they started laying eggs recently and I was finding eggs in the middle of the yard and in the bushes and like, oh my god you're like thanks I guess so yeah Matt built a new little fence yesterday which was so we have now like a goat pen a chicken pen and a dog pen <laughs> you're just gonna have like little mini pens like over your entire property basically basically that's oh what it's gonna end up being and matt and i joked about that we're like god well and we didn't want the chickens in a pen but we also don't want to be bad neighbors so yeah yeah and matt was like instantly he was like we need more land i was like okay so i guess we gotta fix up this house and get it ready to sell already <laughs> oh no oh. Can you imagine you guys, I can't imagine. Even, you guys haven't even been there a year yet <laughs> nope <laughs> No, don't, but, don't move, Jordan. Don't move. No, no, no. I told Matt, I was like, I like this house. I don't want, I was yeah. like, I want this house, but on 10 acres. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is crazy. Cause like, I've, I feel like I've gotten a tour of your house. Cause we've been doing cubicle mate stuff where we're, yeah. we're on zoom and like you're working and I'm working and it, I don't know, helps me keep on track actually. Um, so like every once in a while I'll look up and you're like in your kitchen and I'm like, Oh, look at Jordan's nice kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I know you need to come for a visit again soon, but I know it's been forever. <sighs> Stupid COVID. Stupid it's been COVID. Since September since I've seen you. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't been to your place since like February it's been two years. Yeah. Holy crap. It's been two years. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I didn't come over during COVID. No. So it was right before COVID kind of exploded. Right, right. Yeah, it was right. Yeah. It was right before COVID. So crazy. Yeah. Anyway, this week we do have a review, um, which I'm excited to read because I haven't read this one yet. Oh, I like this one. It's very cute. I like it. All right. So this review is from Shelton Strider. 
and thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it says absolutely amazing. Hey guys, just wanted to pop by and leave an A plus review. I've been working in veterinary medicine as an assistant, large and small for 10 plus years. I have not found a podcast or any educational information as entertaining, worthwhile, and useful as this one. I currently work in specialty and emergency clinic in my state, and I absolutely love it. Your casts have definitely aided in clarifying and helping understand the difficult cases that come in and out of the clinic. Mm. Originally started with a cardiology series and had to start back at the beginning, currently trying to get seated in a VMT program. Um, so I can further my career, keep doing what you are doing, Shelton. P.S. I have referred every tech slash nurse <laughs> and assistant to this podcast that I come by. I love it. I haven't Yay! read that one yet. Thank you for finding us during the cardio series and expanding from there. <laughs> I just oh. still find it like funny to me that people find us entertaining. <laughs> right. I mean, I, mean- I w- we entertain ourselves during the podcast. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm. I think I'm pretty punny, but mm, yeah, and I get some great visuals. You know, I know it's it's really cute because Joanne, who lives close to me, like every once in a while, she'll she'll just like send me a text message and be like, "Ha, listening to the podcast," or you know, she'll be like, "Oh, I thought about this thing you guys said today," and I'm like, "Sweet." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, Something's um, just stick in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's kind of nice having her around too. Cause, um, you know, she's close. If you have vet tech friends, vet tech friends are the best because they know what the hell you're going through. Right. <laughs> uh, so thank you, uh, Shelton for referring us to places, to places, to people, to people, it's probably people more than places, but, um, we really appreciate it because it's, it's nice when, it's nice when you get a reference from someone, you know, um, mm-hmm. instead of just like me and Jordan being like, Hey, listen to our podcast. <laughs> so thank you. And don't forget, or I should say, please remember, cause if you, yeah, anyways, that mind game, if you guys know that, if you say, don't forget your brain says forget versus if you say, please remember your brain says, Oh, I need to remember that. A little fun fact for you guys today. I didn't know that. Yeah. Sheldon, remember to send us a message, whether email or through Facebook or something, um, just with your information so we can send you a podcast sticker. Um, and I've got a stack that I need to get out, actually, speaking of. <laughs> so if you have done a review and I haven't gotten your sticker, please remind me because um, I do have some new stickers so I can get those sent out. And- to, to everybody who leaves a review and, and that could be on, you know, the podcatcher, or if you do a review on our Facebook group, we'll totally hook you up with a sticker. So yeah. Anything else we need to cover before we jump into everything? Um, I don't think so. We talked about our lives. We talked about, <laughs> we did talk about our lives. <laughs> Um, we talked about the nice review and no, I think this week, so this week we're going to talk about fluid therapy, which I found a ton of great resources online. Yeah. Um, yeah. A ton of stuff from like DVM 360 and, uh, you know, some of my favorite websites that I mentioned quite a bit. Mm. 
but we'll, we'll talk about fluid therapy, the different types of fluid, where they're used, why they're used, just kind of get into a little bit more detail than just the normal, your doctor telling you to go grab a bag of Normar and run it at 60 miles an hour. Um, we're going like, to get why? into a little bit why more detail. Why are we going to do this? Yeah, exactly. So, so, Sweet. cause I talk about calculations and stuff like that too. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And, um, I think that that's it. I'm excited cool. for this episode. All right. Well, let's get into it. But we'll, we'll talk about fluid therapy, the different types of fluid, where they're used, why they're used just kind of get into a little bit more detail than just the normal, your doctor telling you to go grab a bag of Normar and run it at 60 miles an hour. Um, we're going like, to get why? into a little bit why more detail. Why are we going to do this? Yeah, exactly. So, so cause I talk about calculations and stuff like that too. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And, um, I think that that's it. I'm excited cool. for this episode. All right. Well, let's get into it. I think we're, we're going to hyper- talk about colloids in a minute. That's more long-term. I've heard hypertonic saline used for like our super, um, like head trauma patients mm-hmm. pulling fluid from the skull yeah, away into the vascular system. Yeah. Cause I know neurology has used it. Yeah, for sure. We, we, where's, where's my neurology peeps, <laughs> right? Can we put them on the phone real quick? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but some of the common, kind of going back to what we normally use, we normally are going to be using isotonics, uh, solutions. So that's going to be things like our normal saline. So the 0.9%, it's going to be things like our LRS or lactated ringer solution, Normasol R, um, or plasma light, which if plasma light could ever actually stay on the market, it would be great. I was going to say we use Normasol and then we've been using isolite, which I don't remember which brand it is, but just because we haven't been able to get plasma light forever. Um, so just know what's available, uh, for options. And then, you know, those are kind of your, your normal. Those are your those, normal replacement fluids Yeah, <laughs> yep. or maintenance yeah. fluids <laughs> Yep. versus our colloids. So there's actually natural colloids and then there's synthetic colloids. So natural colloids are going to be things like our blood products. So like whole blood, packed red blood cells, albumin, um, plasma, um, and then whole blood itself and packed red cells actually have the benefit of providing oxygen carrying abilities just because it's blood. And that's what blood does is carry oxygen, Mm -hmm. which is great in treating our patients that are at risk for hypoxia or already have hypoxia Yeah. versus our synthetic colloids. What those are are fluids with large molecules, like Yvonne said, and what this is designed to do is basically provide, um, oncotic pressure support. And that all happens within the intravascular space. Like Yvonne kind of said already. Yeah. And, and where I've used the difference is, so this is like a practical thing, right? So you're doing anesthesia on a patient and they're, uh, hypotensive and you've given a, you know, you've given one to two fluid boluses and you'll see, yes, they're crystalloid boluses. Yes. Crystalloid boluses. Exactly. You can see their blood pressure get better, but then, um, you know, pretty quickly it goes back down again. And it's not that they're too deep. You know, you don't have any of those issues. It's just for, for whatever reason, maybe they were a little bit dehydrated coming into the procedure. This is where you're going to want to use a colloid because you've given boluses and it's not like it's working temporarily, but we want it to be long-term. Um, so this is where you could use things like, um, albumin or plasma for those patients, 
because we want to increase the volume in the vessels versus just having it leak out into the rest of the body. Did you, did you write down like what some of the synthetic colloids are? No. Cause I remember, and I, and I don't even know if it's on the market anymore. Um, the bovine one. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah. I don't remember what that's called. I just remember head of starch. Oh yeah. Head of starch is one. And, and now vet starch. Those are the two big ones that I've used. Yeah. And head of starch, we, um, we will do that. We'll use head of starch, but we yeah, we use, use a vet ton of a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's a synthetic colloid as well. So, um, those are good options for you've given your crystal crystalloid boluses, but we're still not making headway with the blood pressure. So you may give, um, a colloid bolus. It's also um, good for our patients too, that come in like hypoalbuminemic mm-hmm. because we really want to replace those proteins that are being lost because they're, they have leaky vessels. Yeah. <laughs> so this is extremely good for our like PLNs and stuff like that, that, ha- that come in with their edema. Yeah. It's similar to wanting to use a hypertonic saline, but not using a hypertonic saline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like if that makes sense. Yeah. And that actually brings up a really good point is like when our PLN or PLE patients come in, their, their albumin's low. So those Mm -hmm. big natural colloids, those big proteins are low in the blood. So that's why the, the, the blood it, or well, not the blood, the fluid is leaking out of blood vessels and going into you know, the abdomen, sometimes we'll see it in the plurals, plura, yeah, um, around the we, legs and everything. They're all, yeah, comfy. we can see the pitting edema and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So they mm-hmm. need those large proteins replaced in order to kind of get that edema back under control and pull that fluid back in. Yeah. And then they urinate it out and then, <laughs> right. And then we're kind of back to where we are. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how, what are the different ways that fluids are administered? Um, there's several different ways. We kind of already talked about one of them just because orally is going to be a big one. This is where dogs and cats and guinea pigs and everybody do it on their own. Um, they drink water, they eat food. We can also give fluids orally. We can replenish. We talked about syringe feeding and stuff like that too. It's kind of like a little bit of a catch 22 on the syringe feeding front. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can also use like a nasogastric tube, right. Yep. And do like the trickle, feeding. the trickle feeding with the flu. Yeah. So you can, you can do that. Um, that's great for neonates. Yes. You Failure can also thrives do... who are just like, Oh, so dehydrated. You know, those neonates <sighs> that come in and they're just like, they're like almost tacky. They're like so dehydrated. They're just, Oh, so sad. Yeah. Little, little munchkins. And then if you're not severely dehydrated, you guys are familiar with this. We can do subcutaneous fluids. Um, also like our kidney patients, we can, we can do that. Cause again, remember if the kidneys aren't functioning properly, ADH is not working appropriately. So they are urinating all, all the water. Um, so if we can give them fluid resuscitation, you know, to kind of help with the kidneys, we can do it that way. Obviously, if we're severely dehydrated, subcutaneous fluids aren't the best option. Um, We want to go to the next route, which is intravenous. So intravenous fluids, um, you can do intraosseous fluids. Um, that's good for like shock therapy. If you can't get a catheter in because they're so just shocky and dehydrated and 
and little little things you can do yeah neonates Mm -hmm. oh and then there's intra peritoneal which i don't think i've ever done but i've never done it's something you can do (laughs) i've definitely had patients come through with it where they come over to us and they've had intraperitoneal fluids given wow I, I don't know enough about it to know how I feel about it. Like, I don't know if patients are uncomfortable with it. Like I feel a little uncomfortable, but maybe I'm mistaken. Yeah. I don't know. But then again, some key fluids can be uncomfortable too. So, (laughs) right. I guess it probably depends on how much is given. Yeah. If, yeah, I guess if you have a big, but see, that's the thing is you have a big lab, they're going to need like I guess that's where it would be good is because like, they don't necessarily need, well, they need sub Q fluids, but their sub Q space isn't large enough to hold say two or three liters. If it's a big dumb lab that, you know, right. (laughs) They drink a bunch of salt water or something and we're panting a lot. I don't know. I I would, I guess I would place an IV catheter, but maybe that's where intraperitoneal would be good because it's still rapid uptake and it can hold a larger volume than sub Q fluids can. Hmm. We're going to have to, I'm going to have to Google this to figure out why you would use it versus other routes. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I know that they use it for like diuresing. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if there's another reason for it. We'll have to look into this. I would just have a somebody's going to know. I'm sure. Intraperitoneal fluids. Well, I'm sure somebody named Liz Houston would know exactly why. She's probably screaming at us because she's got her VTS and ECC and internal medicine. Yeah. Um, and then there's replacement solutions. The replacement solutions are isotonic, so they're not hypotonic. They're isotonic, um, and these are designed to replenish the extracellular fluid. Um, within these compartments of the body. And then this actually includes increasing IV volume and restoring normal perfusion. So this is what you want to use in our dehydrated patients, our low electrolyte patients, things like that. It's called a replacement solution for a reason. <laughs> right. Or replacing losses. I want to write it out and show people. Right. Right. We can, maybe we can do an image about it. Um, But we do, there are calculations for calculating dehydration deficit. And, you know, the the first big thing is figure out what their weight is in kilograms and then figure out the percent they're dehydrated. So there's, you know, there's different ways to figure out like the percentage um, for dehydration. And so, you know, that has to do with like skin turgor and tackiness of gums and, uh, you know, do their eyes look sunken or not? So these are, these are all things that the doctors, you know, doing a physical exam, looking at a patient and could see, yes, I think this patient is, you know, 5% dehydrated or 9% dehydrated, which is bad. We don't want to get more than that. Um, 9% is also scary. (laughs) So basically you take your kilograms, you multiply it, um, as a percentage, And then that gives you the liters of fluid required to correct dehydration. So just to give an example, so say we have a, we're going to take a 20 kig dog times 0.05% dehydration, right? Well, it's 5%, which is 0.05. Yeah. Um, Which is one liter of fluids required to correct the dehydration, which 
Look at me go with the whole like simple math (laughs) that I had to do on my calculator when it was 20 divided by five. Uh, (laughs) Wait, 20 20. divided by five? Not 20 divided by five, 20 (laughs) times 0.05. 20 times 0.05 is one. That's crazy. So one liter. Yep. And then there's calculation for maintenance fluid requirements and it's different for dogs and cats. Um, and it depends on who with the doctor, which maintenance fluid calculation they use, but this definitely is one of them. <laughs> definitely. It depends on the doctor. I, I, it's been different everywhere I go. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. So true. Cause so like some doctors are just like, just, I want two times maintenance and they just consider maintenance is the body weight and kegs times and then times by two. Yeah. Oh, there's I'm that. Like, yeah. Yeah, which is a very simple way to think of it, but the one of the one of the calculations one of the calculations is the body weight in kigs times for yes, for dogs. for dogs. So we take a dog's body weight in kigs times 0.7 well times it's weight in kigs to, to the, the 0. 0.75, 0.75 power, power. <laughs> <laughs> which- times 132. Which if you have a scientific calculator, it's the X with the little Y that's like in super skip script or if above you, it. Or if you turn your iPhone sideways, you can get that too. Which is a scientific um, calculator. Well, yeah, but <laughs> times 0.75 times 132 comes out. So if we take our 20 kig dog again and we do this math, it comes out to 1,248 mils in a 24 hour span divided by 24 comes out to 52 mils an hour, which sounds about right for maintenance for a 20 kick dog. Cats is very similar cats. We're going to take the body weight to in kicks to the 0.75 power. <laughs> and that equals your 24 hour fluid requirement in milliliters. Oh my and God. Then, so, and that's why it's difficult and why people never use this one because yep. That's why everybody just goes, take the weight in pounds. And (laughs) yeah, so you can, I mean, there's cheats, right? You can take the weight in pounds and use that as your maintenance hourly. We do 60 migs per keg divided by 24. So that's what we use too. If you have a 20 keg times 60, that equals 1200 divided by 24 gives us 50 mils per hour. So compared to our 52, it's right. Exactly. So it's, you know, (laughs) it's comparable for sure. It is very comparable. And so, you know, you just got to figure out again, figure out what your clinic is using, figure out what your doctor's using and, and go with that. The big difference is for cats because they typically do require a little bit less fluids. Um, if you do like a 10 kig cat, and you use the fancy 10 to the power of 0.75, but then you're multiplying that by 80 instead of the 132. That gives us 449 per day, which is 18.7 mils per hour. So it's a big difference between that and dogs. Um, so, you know, you probably don't want to do the whole 60 mils per keg divided by 24 because that's not going to give you the right dose depending on depending on where you get your information. That's a lot of math to and like to try to just 
lecture it over a podcast is so <laughs> difficult. It's so difficult. I've never had to work so hard to podcast in my entire life. Well, and I think this is like, um, this is where that 40 to 60 mils per keg. So cats are 40. So 10 times 40 divided by 24 is like 16 mils per hour. So again, a 20 pound cat. No, I just did a 10. You did 10, 10 kegs. Yeah. Yeah. 40 to 60 mils per keg per day. No, I know. I'm just saying that's a huge cat. 10 keg oh. cat. <laughs> I was just making it a nice fun number. God darn it. That's a, like, what? It's a big ass cat. Yes, it is a big cat. And then, you know, normal fluid losses, you're looking at 27 to 40 mils per keg per day. And so that's going to be like your, your normal cat. And then you've got, if you're also talking about other fluid losses that we can't really record. That's like feces, fluid, evaporation from your skin, evaporation with respiration. That's looking between 13 to 20 mils per kick per day. And so you can kind of get an idea of when we're talking like ins versus outs, you know, we're, we're, we're keeping a close eye on that. We want it to be very similar. Food therapy is a lot of numbers. It is a lot of numbers. Um, and that's just maintenance. And this is for crystalloids. That's actually a really good point that we didn't talk about. This is for crystalloids, maintenance fluid. For colloids, Merck manual, right? For a colloid solution, you're usually doing about a five mil per keg for dogs. And then for cats, you're looking at one to five, depending on what, what you need it for. And you're going to give this over... You don't want to bolus it like super quick, but you do want to kind of give it over five to 10 minutes. You want to reassess like your blood pressure, your, your fluid perfusion, all that. And you can, you can do one more, but again, you're, you're monitoring really quickly. So just kind of keep an eye on that, but that's for colloids. And again, that's very different than crystalloids. Crystalloids, you're going to do much, you can do much higher volumes. And Merck Veterinary Manual actually has a really, really good like fluid. It's called the fluid resuscitation plan in animals. Mm. Um, and it has a lot of really good information that if you wanted to read a little bit more about like osmolality and all that stuff that I didn't touch on during this episode, right? <laughs> um, it's all in there for sure. Yeah. And we'll put a link in the show notes for you guys for both, um, the Merck veterinary manual, uh, fluid resuscitation, and then the two articles that Jordan kind of pulled from, but, um, there's, there's, you know, fluid therapy. I think we kind of get a little bit nonchalant with it, but it is really important for our patients to know, you know, how much, how much needs to go in if they're not normal hydration, <laughs> what we need to do. So, and then just as a caution for fluid overload, I think that's the biggest one we, you know, kind of think of. There's a couple of ways to tell if a patient is fluid overloaded. Um, obviously the, the heart. Yeah. I was going to say, listen to the heart. Weighing the pet. Weighing the pet. If your pet gained a kig, a whole kig. 
just on fluids overnight and we've been urinating <laughs> or if we haven't even been urinating there's a problem <laughs> well you need you definitely need to look into that unless they were super dehydrated because <laughs> you know sometimes that's a good thing like if they're a nine percent dehydrated we're like yes, yeah we made headway but if they're not super dehydrated to begin with and this is happening you definitely want to take a look at it and see what else is going on. You know, is there, are their kidneys not functioning appropriately and that's why they're not urinating or, you know, are they losing fluids other ways? Like, did they bleed? Did they have, you know, vomiting, diarrhea? Those are all things that we need to take into account because that is fluid. Other ways we can see fluid overload is going to be like listening to the lungs, making sure we don't have, um, you know, fluid overload in the lungs. So harsh lungs, crackles, wheezes, not wheezes usually, but crackles, quiet lung sounds. Are they coughing? Do they have fluid, you know, coming from their nose? Are they salivating a lot? Uh, do they have tear production? Um, because you know, the body is going to try to get rid of that fluid somehow. So you may see increased fluid coming from all the orifices Obviously, like you can see edema, so peripheral edema, uh, Jordan mentioned it, the pitting edema. And so, you know, those are the, those are all the things that we're going to be looking at as technicians. Also blood pressure, right? If all of a sudden our blood pressure is really high and we don't have a good reason for it, we should be checking it on our fluid um, status as well for these patients. Oh, one other one to look at is for fluid overload is, uh, look at your total solids and total proteins, right? Like if all of a sudden you had a patient come in and it was seven or eight, and now we're down to like one to three, I mean, that, that can indicate fluid overload too, and specific gravity of urine. Any other fluid overload tips? Um, coughing. <laughs> if a pet is coughing. <laughs> yeah. If they don't have a reason to be coughing and they're coughing now, go check it out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the week have a fluid cal- have a fluid calculator <laughs> practice your calculations just it's easy to practice we just practice today just pick a weight and just mm-hmm. practice yeah make sure that you can get it ask your doctor what their preference is for maintenance fluids and then that way when they tell you i want two times maintenance then you just do the math and multiply it times two and yeah just practice <laughs> <laughs> What kind of question? Have you ever done intraperitoneal fluids and why? Ooh, I like that. I want to know why. (laughs) And how did it go? Like I said, I've seen one patient who had it and she, I mean, she did fine. Like she ended up having cancer. And so the fluids were like the least of her problems at the time, but (laughs) Jordan, I love that dark with it. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I love that patient though. She lived for like another year and a half. Like, oh my gosh, I became good friends with like her family and stuff like that. She was her dog. The dog's name was sugar britches. Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) She was the cutest. And like, she was just the best patient. Like she was such a good dog. She was always so happy to come see us. Mm. Yeah. It was anyway. Anyway, let me know if you've ever done intraperitoneal fluids and let me know. Right. All right, cool. Um, anything else we want to share today? I think we've got our, our kind of our resources. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. My brain kind of hurts from trying to do math over a podcast. (laughs) We do apologize if there's some funky editing that happens because we definitely edited this episode 
because our brains farted a few times. <laughs> so yeah. there may be little choppy bits and we apologize because <laughs> how do you not edit with with math calculations? Oh my gosh, it was... <laughs> It was tough. <laughs> I did not have enough coffee. Yet <laughs> we should today. totally do a bloopers reel of this, like us doing math. We'll, we'll sound super smart with that. <laughs> I mean, maybe people will finally be like, you guys are just good at researching and like right? editing. Because <laughs> we are. We're good at researching and editing to make us sound much smarter and cooler than we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, have a wonderful week. Um, hopefully, you're not too scared by this math <laughs> and uh yeah we'll uh we'll talk to you next week all right guys, all right, guys. i hope everybody has a wonderful week and we will talk at you guys next week bye, bye. it's required to correct the dehydration which That's a look at me go with the whole like simple <laughs> math that i had to do on my calculator when it was 20 divided by five uh, <laughs> Wait, not 20, 20 divided by five. Not 20 divided by five. 20, 20. <laughs> times 0. 0.05. 20 times yeah. 0.05 is one. That's crazy. So yeah. one liter. Yep. And then there's calculation for maintenance fluid requirements, and it's different for dogs and cats. Um, and it depends on who, with the doctor, which maintenance fluid calculation they use. But this definitely is one of them. <laughs> Definitely depends on the doctor. I, I, it's been different everywhere I go. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. So true. Cause so like some doctors are just like, just, I want two times maintenance and they just consider maintenance is the body weight and kegs times and times by two. Yeah. Oh, there's I'm that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which is a very simple way <laughs> to think of it. But the, one of the, one of the calculations one of the calculations is the body weight in kigs times, for yes, for dogs. for dogs. So we take a dog's body weight in kigs times 0.7, well, times it's weight in kigs to, to the, the 0. 0. 0.75 power <laughs> <laughs> which, times 132. Which if you have a scientific calculator, it's the X with the little Y that's like in super skip script or if above you, it. Or if you turn your iPhone sideways, you can get that too. Which is a scientific calculator. Well, yeah, but <laughs> times 0. 0.75 times 132 comes out. So if we take our 20 kig dog again and we do this math, it comes out to 1,248 mils in a 24 hour span divided by 24 comes out to 52 mils an hour, which sounds about right for maintenance for a 20 kig dog. Cats is very similar. Cats, we're going to take the body weight to in kigs to the 0.75 power, <laughs> and that equals your 24 hour fluid requirement in milliliters. Oh my god! And then so and that's why it's difficult and why people never use this one because yeah, that's why everybody just goes take the weight in pounds and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can, I mean, there's cheats, right? You can take the weight in pounds and use that as your maintenance hourly. We do 60 mgs per keg divided by 24. So that's like, what we use too. If you have a 20 keg times 60, that equals 1200 divided by 24. 
gives us 50 mils per hour. So compared to our 52, it's right. Exactly. So it's, you know, (laughs) it's comparable for sure. It is very comparable. And so, you know, you just got to figure out again, figure out what your clinic is using, figure out what your doctor's using and, and go with that. The big difference is for cats because they typically do require a little bit less fluids. Um, if you do like a 10 kg cat and you use the fancy 10 to the power of 0.75, but then you're multiplying that by 80 instead of the 132, that gives us 449 per day, which is 18.7 mils per hour. So it's a big difference between that and dogs. Um, so, you know, you probably don't want to do the whole 60 mils per keg divided by 24 because that's not going to give you the right dose depending on, depending on where you get your information. That's a lot of math to, and like to try to just lecture it over a podcast. It's so <laughs> difficult. It's so difficult. I've never had to work so hard to podcast in my entire life. Well, and I think this is like, um, this is where that 40 to 60 mils per keg. So cats are 40. So 10 times 40 divided by 24 is like 16 mils per hour. So again, 20 pound cat. No, I just did a 10. You did 10 10 kicks. Yeah. Yeah. 40 to 60 mils per keg per day. No, I know. I'm just saying that's a huge cat. 10 kicks. Oh, I was just making it a nice fun number. God darn it. I was like, what? Big ass cat. Yes, it is a big cat. (laughs) And then, you know, normal fluid losses, you're looking at 27 to 40 mils per keg per day. And so that's going to be like your, your normal cat. And then you've got, if you're also talking about, other fluid losses that we can't really record. That's like feces, fluid, evaporation from your skin, evaporation with respiration. That's looking between 13 to 20 mils per kick per day. And so you can kind of get an idea of when we're talking like ins versus outs, you know, we're, we're, we're keeping a close eye on that. We want it to be very similar. Food therapy is a lot of numbers. It is a lot of numbers. Um, and that's just maintenance. And this is for crystalloids. That's actually a really good point that we didn't talk about. This is for crystalloids, maintenance fluid. For colloids, Merck manual, right? For a colloid solution, you're usually doing about a five mil per keg for dogs. And then for cats, you're looking at one to five, depending on what, what you need it for. And you're going to give this over... You don't want to bolus it like super quick, but you do want to kind of give it over five to 10 minutes. You want to reassess like your blood pressure, your, your fluid perfusion, all that. And you can, you can do one more, but again, you're, you're monitoring really quickly. So just kind of keep an eye on that, but that's for colloids. And again, that's very different than crystalloids. Crystalloids, you're going to do much, you can do much higher volumes. And Merck Veterinary Manual actually has a really, really good like fluid. It's called the fluid resuscitation plan in animals. Mm. Um, 
And it has a lot of really good information that if you wanted to read a little bit more about like Osmolati and all that stuff that I didn't touch on during this episode, right? <laughs> um, it's all in there for sure. Yeah. And we'll put a link in the show notes for you guys for both um, the Merck Veterinary Manual, uh, Fluid Resuscitation, and then the two articles that Jordan kind of pulled from. But um, there's, there's, you know, fluid therapy, I think we kind of get a little bit nonchalant with it, but it is really important for our patients to know, you know, how much how much needs to go in if they're not normal hydration, <laughs> what we need to do. So, and then just as a caution for fluid overload, I think that's the biggest one we, you know, kind of think of. There's a couple of ways to tell if a patient is fluid overloaded. Um, obviously the, the heart. Yeah. I was going to say, listen to the heart. Weighing the pet. Weighing the pet. If your pet gained a kig, a whole kig just on fluids overnight and we've been urinating <laughs> or if we haven't even been urinating, there's a problem. <laughs> well, you need, you definitely need to look into that unless they were super dehydrated. <laughs> Cause you know, sometimes that's a good thing. Like if they're a 9% dehydrated, we're like, yes, yeah. we made headway. But if they're not super dehydrated to begin with, and this is happening, you definitely want to take a look at it and see what else is going on. You know, is there, are their kidneys not functioning appropriately and that's why they're not urinating or, you know, are they losing fluids other ways? Like, did they bleed? Did they have, you know, vomiting, diarrhea? Those are all things that we need to take into account because that is fluid. Other ways we can see fluid overload is going to be like listening to the lungs, making sure we don't have, um, you know, fluid overload in the lungs. So harsh lung sounds, crackles, wheezes, not wheezes usually, but crackles, quiet lung sounds. Are they coughing? Do they have fluid, you know, coming from their nose? Are they salivating a lot? Uh, do they have tear production? Um, because you know, the body is going to try to get rid of that fluid somehow. So you may see increased fluid coming from all the orifices obviously like you can see edema. So peripheral edema, uh, Jordan mentioned it, the pitting edema. And so, you know, those are the, those are all the things that we're going to be looking at as technicians. Also blood pressure, right? If all of a sudden our blood pressure is really high and we don't have a good reason for it, we should be checking out on our fluid, um, status as well for these patients. Ooh, one other one to look at is for fluid overload is uh, look at your total solids and total proteins, right? Like if all of a sudden you had a patient come in and it was seven or eight, and now we're down to like one to three, I mean, that, that can indicate fluid overload too and specific gravity of urine. Any other fluid overload tips? Um, coughing. <laughs> if a pet is coughing. <laughs> yeah. If they don't have a reason to be coughing and they're coughing now, go check it out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's the tip of the week. Have a fluid calculator. <laughs> practice your calculations. Just it's easy to practice. We just practice today. Just pick a weight and just mm -hmm. practice. Yeah. Make sure that you can get it. Ask your doctor what their preference is for maintenance fluids. And then that way, when they tell you, I want two times maintenance, then you just do the math and multiply it times two. And yeah, just practice. <laughs> and now for the question of the week. 
Have you ever done intraperitoneal fluids and why? Ooh, I like that. I want to know why (laughs) and how do they go? Like I said, I've seen one patient who had it and she, I mean, she did fine. Like she ended up having cancer. And so the fluids were like the least of her problems at the time, but (laughs) Jordan, I love that patient. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I love that patient though. She lived for like another year and a half. Like, oh my gosh, I became good friends with like her family and stuff like that. She was her dog. The dog's name was sugar britches. Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) She was the cutest. And like, she was just the best patient. Like she was such a good dog. She was always so happy to come see us. Mm. Yeah. It was anyway. Anyway, let me know if you've ever done intraperitoneal fluids and let me know. Right. All right. Cool. Um, anything else we want to share today? I think we've got our, our kind of our resources. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. My brain kind of hurts from trying to do math over a podcast. (laughs) We do apologize if there's some funky editing that happens because we definitely edited this episode because our brains farted a few times. (laughs) So there may be little choppy bits and we apologize (laughs) because how do you not edit with with math calculations? Oh my gosh, it was... (laughs) It was tough. <laughs> I did not have enough coffee. Yet <laughs> we should today. totally do a bloopers reel of this, like us doing math. And we'll, we'll sound super smart with that. <laughs> I mean, maybe people will finally be like, you guys are just good at researching and like right? editing. Because <laughs> we are, we're good at researching and editing to make us sound much smarter and cooler than we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, have a wonderful week. Um, hopefully you're not too scared by this math (laughs) and uh yeah we'll uh we'll talk to you next week all right guys i hope everybody has a wonderful week and we will talk to you guys next week Bye. thank you for listening to today's episode of the internal medicine for vet techs podcast If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettex.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.